right with you, just prepare to listen to whatever you might have for us tonight, God. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So hey, just one more time. I know the beginning was a little bit rough, but I just want to let you know that we, um, some friends of mine, uh, or really some new friends of mine out in Colorado, a really great company, uh, was able to print these really cool bandanas, um, you know, for us as a church. And maybe like you, I'm just tired of... uh, wearing those medical type masks and so forth and and uh, so anyways I thought you know all of us right now we have to wear them it's just part of what we have to do right now and so I thought why not 
you know, have something really cool that we can use in our community just to kind of spread the word. It says Calvary San Juan has our website, um, and then it's got a really cool verse. It really was uh, really from the first message that I taught when we went to this whole COVID uh, um, quarantine deal. Look at Greg is wearing his. It's awesome. Um, and it just basically says, um, I will put my trust in him. And it's from Hebrews 2, uh, 2.13. So that was the first message I gave um, when we first went into this whole thing. So anyways, just message me on Facebook. Um, I can put them in little Ziploc baggies and live them right outside our church in a, a little basket. Um, so if you want one, just let me know. I'll be here uh, all day tomorrow and all day Friday. We're happy to get those into your hands. Uh, again, we have a limited uh, amount of them. But if you want to use them as you're shopping and so forth, I mean, this is an opportunity just to kind of share uh, about what we're doing here. Um, so before we get started and get into the Word, I just want to again just let you know that feel free, please, you know, if you want to ask Bible questions, I think all of us are here. We're ready to answer your questions. Um, we're obviously not Bible scholars, uh, but these are men who love the Lord, and I know for a fact that they're in the Word and they are, they are studying the Word of God. And so we'll do our best to answer those questions um, or and just prayer requests. I mean, we're happy to just to spend some time praying for you um, on this, or again, if you have some more serious uh, prayer requests, then just uh, message me on Calvary San Juan Live, or if you know my Instagram name, which is PJGamas8, you can go to Instagram and you can private message me there, and I will uh, we'll take those prayer requests, uh, me and some of the elders, these guys included, we still gather Tuesday mornings just to pray for our church body, and the things that are going on in our community and beyond, and so uh, we would just love for you to do that, if you, you message us, you know, let us know how we can pray for you. Um, just a couple of things here as it relates to Calvary San Juan, if you're here locally, um, and maybe you're not local, maybe you're across the state or in a different state, um, you know, um, feel free to join in. So my wife uh, usually does, or she used to lead a women's Bible study before this was all going down, uh, my wife Ana Gomez, and she's going to start doing that again. Um, it's Women of the Word, uh, a Bible study group, or just kind of a shared time, or not really, it's, I mean, I wouldn't say share time. It's a Bible study group where they're fellowshipping and going right through the Word of God. So uh, right before all this went down, they were in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and they're actually just going to pick up right up in 2 Corinthians. So if you would like to join uh, that women's study, it's for ladies, um, you can message my wife on Instagram, and her name is, uh, what's her, what's your, a camera person, what's your screen name in Instagram? She doesn't yeah, know. She's oh, a name it's, wrong. It's, it's, it's Anna R. Gomez, eight writer. <laughs> hey, I'm going to double check because I, I don't want to give false amazing. information because I know. Yeah, so, so we'll do two things. One, you can make it easy and you can uh, message me on Instagram or you can go to Calvary Stone Island on Instagram. You can message us and say that you want to be added to that women's uh, Zoom Bible study group. Um, and so we'll just need uh, your name and your email address, and then also your cell phone number. That might work as well. Um, or you can message my wife uh, privately at, here we go, it's Ana.R.Gomez. Now, it's spelled A-N-A, not Anna, but it's Ana, A-N-A, dot R dot Gomez. And you can follow her on Instagram and message her there. She will add you to that group. Um, so the first time they're going to start is this coming Monday, actually. Um, and it's going to follow our normal schedule. It's the second and fourth uh, Monday of every month. And they will be picking up in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And so for you ladies who maybe have just been dying to have some fellowship um, and get into the Word together, that's starting up. And I'm really excited about that for my wife, uh, who also happens to be our special guest camera person tonight. So she's here, but behind the camera. You're doing uh, great, Anna. Good yeah. job. <laughs> yes, job. we love you, Anna. Good job, Thank Anna. you so much. 
Um, and then also, here's another announcement and just a blessing. We have, we have a guy in our fellowship who called me today. And he has access uh, to a really, uh, you know, to, to a, an auto mechanics garage. And so if you know of anyone who's in need, whether, you know, especially I think those who are maybe uh, like that's the single mom or the single gal or maybe just a young family that, you know, sometimes, you know, mechanic work is super, super expensive. And if you're in great need, um, he is happy uh, to do some of that mechanic work for free. That's right, for free. So if you are here on the island, I mean, that's really the only uh, stipulation. If you're on the island If, if you're here, you shouldn't be here. Yeah. yeah from the island. <laughs> yeah. So that's another issue. Well, we'll see about that. Okay, so anyways, um, so let me know, and I'll put you in touch with him. I don't want to, you know, say his name or number over the air, um, but just message me. You can text me, again, same way. You can, you can uh, message me on Instagram or on our Calvary San Juan live Facebook page. Message me, and I will put you in contact with this person who, again, generously offered to fix your vehicles. And we're talking like uh, your brakes went out, uh, you know, your water, he said your water pump goes out, which I've tried to do that before, and it's not an easy thing to do. Um, at least not for me. I just messed up things even more. Um, but anyways, message me, and that's just a service he wants to do in the name of the Lord for you people here on the island who are just in need. Because I know, man, times are a little bit tough right now, and so forth, for sure. Um, and then also, okay, so let's see, just want to make sure I'm going to go to our Facebook page. Any questions, Bible questions, or anything like that at all? Okay. Um, and so anyways, so, so those are a couple of things. Did you guys have anything you needed to add? By way of announcements or anything? Uh, Thursdays, we do have... Uh, yeah, that's group. good. Life groups going on. Yeah. And if you'd like to be a part of that, you can message Joe. You can message myself. Yeah. Um, we, we get together about 6.30 on Thursdays. Um, chop up kind of the Sunday message. And then from there, we, we sometimes there's questions. Sometimes it's just seeing each other's faces. Yeah, but. yeah which, which is really important what did it oh my bible I, I left my bible out of the shot but you know and that's something that's important you know um something that we uh we kind of changed up a little bit and you might have caught it if you tuned in with us on sunday morning you know right before this whole thing went down um we were going through the book of hebrews as a church body and we're just really really excited about doing that um but you know things have changed a little bit and um, you know, I decided to, I mean, really, it's not that I decided, but I think it was even last week that really inspired that we were talking and, and uh, you know, going through the word about the Holy Spirit. If that was, that was last week, right? Mm -hmm. It seems like so long ago. It's it just, I don't know about you, but these weeks seem to be stretched out super long now. Um, but as we were going through the, the power of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit falling upon the church right after um, Easter Sunday, um, and it wasn't right after. When you look at biblical history, it was about, about 50 days after the resurrection when the Holy Spirit at Pentecost came and just fell upon the church in power. You know, just as we were going through that, I just was really moved just by the testimony of Peter and then was just reminded about the power uh, of the Spirit of God in Peter after the resurrection and how he became, he just, in many ways, just became a different man. I mean, it was just such a testimony to the change of life of people who are in Christ Jesus. And so from that, the Lord just reminded me about First Peter and just shared a little bit of testimony about that. And so I just really felt from the Lord that we needed to shift gears. And so on Sunday mornings, we're going through the epistle 
uh, uh, there in the book. It's called just basically it's Peter's epistle. It's almost reminiscent of like Paul. I mean, the way Paul writes his epistles, that seems that's the way Peter's taking that vein. But as I was reading and just meditating on the book of First Peter, holy smokes, it just really the parallels, at least at least through my heart and what God's been doing in me, it just seemed like it was such a perfect book to be going through right now in, in a time like this because they are definitely, and when Peter was writing to those Christians, those early Christians, they were literally going through flames of persecution. Um, and so we've entitled that series, you know, Faith Through Fire. And so that's going to be on uh, Sunday morning to 10. So that's going to be pretty exciting. So before we get on, I, I want to start off right off the bat. I know usually before we did some questions, so, but just something the Lord really put on my heart that I want to share with you guys this evening. Um, it's just about provision. Because I think many of us, and I think a lot of us probably have gotten the stimulus checks and things like that. Uh, but even before that, you know, it was just really heavy on my heart. And I think maybe, maybe like a lot of us, you know, um, you know, we're going through some testing, and especially when it comes into the area of finances, um, you know, we're really um, having to maybe in some ways reinvent ourselves as followers of Jesus. Uh, we're doing some self-reflection on what our Christianity look like, um, because now we're just in a place where we're on our own. We're separated as a church. Um, we're not separated in the sense of our standing in Christ. I mean, we're followers of Jesus. And so we will never be separated. I think Paul makes that clear, that nothing can separate us from the love of God, right? And so we are connected in that way. But physically, that, that worship, that koinonia that we talked about last time, you know, we, we are just opposite ends of the spectrum. We're koinonia, I said that. I'm going to say it with a straight face because I am very serious. You know, the word koinonia means social intercourse. And the idea there is that, that we were made to have deep, intimate relationships with one another. And now we are on the other side of that spectrum where the fellowship that we were created to have has separated us, right? And so we're experiencing things very differently and we're experiencing going through some trials very differently than we normally have. Um, you know, we, we are going through it. And one of the things that we've been going through and something that I've been wrestling with as well um, is just, you know, needs, our financial needs. And and the question that I wrote down in my notes here uh, really um, is just very plain and simple. It's, you know, does God still provide for us today, right now, in a COVID world, if you will? And, and as I think about that, you know, we all have needs. All of us definitely have needs for sure. Uh, we've got financial needs. We've got uh, mental needs, emotional needs. I think we're kind of in the same category. Uh, we've got physical needs. Uh, but the bigger one, I think, that, that many of us are probably wrestling with right now is, is in our hearts is financial. You know, how will God provide for our families during this time? How will, will God provide when so many, I think, have lost jobs? I mean, even now, the stimulus money, has, I mean, it's a shot in the arm. Um, but I'm still hearing tons of people who haven't gotten it yet and are still kind of yeah. out there. There's a lot of people that you haven't gotten it, you haven't gotten it. You know, so there's a lot of people that haven't receive that and there's some people that you know they can there are some people I think in in groups where it's like eh, you know if I get it I get it um, but I think there is a huge majority of the people who are looking forward to that not just okay I'm gonna gonna go buy that new car I've always wanted or I want to go get extra this people are looking forward to something like that um, because they are in need they need to feed their families uh, they are short on rent um, they are short on getting groceries. They're cutting back what they normally buy. Um, and so that's a heavy thing. 
you know, and then you figure that, you know, people losing their jobs, uh, uh, I think businesses are, 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 you know, having trouble, you know, staying afloat and we're having to operate. I know Brian as a small business owner, you know, he's had to really change the way he's operated just so that he can keep, you know, feeding his family and, and uh, let alone it's, I don't even think it's about like, I want to have a successful business right now. It's like, it's called, I want to have business. Yeah. I want to have business. Yeah. Yeah. It is that. And I, and I think, um, you know, right now, I think, you know, even as, as, as Peter introed, you know, that, that there, you know, in first Peter, he talks about that there's going to be times when our faith is basically put on trial. It's being tested. And this is one of those areas where I think many of us are being tested for sure. And so then we have to look at the scriptures. Can we depend upon the scriptures right now? Can we trust God's word right now in the middle of all this? Because I think that when times are good and times are successful and some of the bets that we made, or I don't want to say bets, but maybe like ventures that we've taken into either build our businesses or maybe, you know, we, we bought a house or, you know, we've taken on newer responsibilities or maybe right before this, somebody says, okay, we're buying our son that car, you know, and it seemed like a great idea. But a month later, all of a sudden we're like, oh, maybe was that a good idea after all? <laughs> like, cause, but none of us could foresee that this thing, this global thing was going to happen. And so we're, we're put to the test, right? Especially in crisis. Can we trust Jesus? You know, and maybe that's the, a question, too, that a lot of us are asking right now. Um, as followers of Jesus, we're having to wrestle with that. And it's no longer become like, well, of course, you're a believer. You should trust Jesus, you know, and, and it could be like a pat answer. But now individually, as followers of Jesus, we're asking that. You know, one of the verses that I think we're, you know, and I would say even a springboard for tonight's devotional before we get into some more discussion uh, comes from Matthew chapter 4, um, verse 1, and it's where Jesus is right before his public ministry. Um, he is led into the wilderness to be tested, okay? Um, and here, and I'll read you so you know where I'm coming from. This is the springboard for tonight. It says in Matthew chapter 4, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights... Afterward, he was hungry. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, notice like there's doubt, right? There's, it's like inferred doubt that Satan is put, putting upon Jesus, right? He adds the word if, if you are the son of God, and maybe the question can be put even to us, if you are a son of God, a child of God, right? Um, you know, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, Jesus speaking, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Right? That was the question that Satan asked, and that was the answer that Jesus gave. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, that's a heavy, good answer for that, I think. You know, when you think about that, it's just a, a quick reminder. Like, yeah, that's right. Life isn't just about bread that we eat. Life isn't just about, okay, what is on the dinner menu tomorrow? And where are we going to bake vacation nets? Or what new thing, what big purchase are we going to buy? Or, or even to get even more closer to home, 
like, okay, when am I going to be able to afford this? Or how am I going to pay the bills? Right? We find out that life becomes so much more than all these series of questions and plans that we're continually making. Right? Jesus says that. But as, but as we think about even the verse that he just said, it actually goes deeper than that because Jesus, in some ways, and he's so good at this, where he'll quote a verse in the scriptures and the gospels, and you're like, how did he make that connection? You know, whether it be Paul or Peter, you know, they take these verses that you would have never put together, and they're bringing application to it. And I love just the insight that Jesus obviously has the Son of God. But when they do that, what they're doing is they're giving you the heart behind why that verse was brought to the surface in the beginning, especially in the New Testament, right? And so that verse is actually comes from Deuteronomy uh, chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. And this is when it was first used, okay? And Jesus basically is quoting from this verse. And listen to this. This, I thought, for me, was mind-blowing and um, both encouraging and convicting. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1, and he says this. In speaking to the children of Israel in the wilderness, right? He says, Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. Check this out. Underline this in your Bibles if you can, right? To humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Doesn't that just add like a whole different spin to what Jesus told Satan? Because Satan was looking at Jesus and telling him, look, you know, and which Satan's a punk, right? And, and I can say this publicly, but I always, I probably open myself to like bullying from him now, right? But he's saying that coming to Jesus almost at the end of his 40 days of fasting and preparing himself. He comes to Jesus as a punk, right, knowing that by this time, physically speaking, Jesus is hungry, right? He has fasted for those 40 days and wandered, wandered in wilderness heat and was probably famished. He came to him when he was at his weakest, and he basically tells him, like, hey, there is a way out of this thing. You are the Son of God. Command these stones. Make them turn into bread, right? Do it. You can do that. You can satisfy your hunger and your need really quickly by this real quick, fast, and easy solution. And Jesus, and rightly so, and I think this is a side note, responds by example to us with the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. But for us, I think in an application sense, when we look at the context of where that verse came, it puts a whole another spin. And it almost, it almost, Almost in line with how just First Peter keeps ministering to me, he basically says, my brethren, don't think it's strange as though some strange thing is happening to you, right, concerning this fiery trial which you're in right now. There are times, and I think this is one of those, now again, please don't mistake this, I'm not saying 
that God made this happen, or, or some other conspirators would say, like, this is God's judgment on a God-forsaken world, COVID, and all this kind of stuff. But I know that God will use our circumstances to reveal things that are buried deep within our hearts and wants to reveal deeper things that are going on and open our minds and our hearts to things that should have been going on, right? And Deuteronomy, man, that's pretty intensive. You know, God led you in that wilderness to humble you, to test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. He allowed you to hunger so that we would basically come to a place, right, of, I guess you could say this in modern terms, of absolute surrender, right? There are times in our life where, yeah, we are in need. And so now that we are in need, we are in need to maybe feed our families, provide for our families, provide for ourselves. And really then, if our eyes are open, it causes us to begin to really think about who we are as followers of Christ, right? Are we going to fear? Are we going to worry, especially in this area of finances, right? I mean, that, that's, the, that's the heavy part of trusting God and His promises. And so I, I, I want to, you know, say these next couple of things, these next couple of points with that as the caveat, that it is a reminder that life truly isn't just about the bread that we eat and about what, what we need, but about are we depending upon Jesus? Are we coming to the Lord first and foremost, right, before we give in to worry and, and to fear and in some cases, you know, to anxiety, right? Um, any thoughts on that before I go forward from you guys? I mean, I think it, I was just trying to, I was like Googling. Sorry, I was multitasking here. Um, I, I always think, when I think of someone uh, outside of the Bible, right. depending on God, I always think of George Mueller mm. and his story, yeah. um, 1900s, 1800s, German, um, created a mass amount of orphanages and never uh, publicly asked for funds. Uh, never sort of threw it out there with numbers. He just trusted. He prayed every day that God would provide the basic needs. And, yeah. and he, he did that in his own uh, household as well. Literally, when it was trusting God for your daily bread, I mean, that's, that was literally what he was doing. Mm. Um, and, and knowing that God would provide and, and then uh, people would bless him as they were listening to yeah. the Holy Spirit prompting them. And, um, so I think it's just important to remember that it's not just something that happened in the Old and New Testament. And yeah. It's continued on. Yeah. God just blesses people regardless of circumstance. And yeah. Yeah. I, th I think one of these things too, when I think about that, and that's a good point because it makes me remind too that a lot of times when, when we are in the middle of circumstances like this, our, our, our view becomes very narrow and we start looking at just this one circumstance when I think God is trying to open our eyes that this is going to be one of many circumstances. And I think we can all attest to that because if it wasn't this, it was other things. It was other things where things weren't adding up or, you know, spouse lost her job or lost his job just because the company had to shrink or the company grew or the company outgrew that position or 
someone who knew more and was better suited came along and all of a sudden like, oh, they just took away my job or I just got fired and I know it was because they wanted to bring on this person. And so I think these things, sometimes what they do is they remind us that it's not just about this one event, but, but for us as followers of Jesus, it causes us uh, to trust in, to look harder at ourselves, not to be insular, but to look harder at ourselves of what are we standing on? Are we standing on the rock that was Christ or are we standing on shifting sand, right? Um, so I think there, there's two verses. Unless, Greg, did you have something to add to that? Well, I think also as men mm. in, in America, yeah. depending on someone else, is not necessarily considered a strength. Right. You know, can, depending on anyone other than yourself, you know, everybody wants to be the self-made man. Mm. And, and so I think it's really a heart check to, to actually purposefully depend on God. Yeah. In finding ways to do that, you know, not, not, not willy-nilly, you know, mm. but, sure. but sub, what, places of substance that you can actually depend on God because that's, that's not what, what I was raised mm. to do. I was raised that if, you know, there wasn't enough money, then you either work harder at your job, right? I'm in sales, so you make more yeah. sales, yeah. right? You make more money. If, if you're having troubles making rent, that might mean getting another job, or, but, but fixing the problem sure. yourself. And, and sometimes, depending on God, doesn't look like that. I would say a lot of times. A lot of times, God wants to, to take you through that, mm. to put you in a place where you can actually actually learn. Mm. You know, so this could this could be one of those things that's doing just that for people all across the nation, yeah. like getting them to a place where they have to. I remember Dominic Bali when when he um, stepped away from ministry. Yeah. Not not away from ministry, but away from his lead worship leader, yeah. right? Um, from a great, from a very large church, and then he gave away his, all of the proceeds to this album. Oh yeah, right. And then he he it put him in a spot where he had to trust in God, yeah. and and he said when he was here at the church, he said that it was uncomfortable at first, and it, but it was a good uncomfortable. So. Yeah. Maybe right now there's someone out there that, that is struggling. You know, it's, it's okay. It's okay to struggle. Um, as long as we're getting our focus on God. And, and then at that point, relying on Him. Mm, yeah, that's good. That's good. You know, and I think that's relying on the promises of God. One of my favorite verses, and I think one that... Um, I could say recalibrates me often when I start, because again, it's a normal thing. Like you said, it's a normal thing to struggle, especially in the area of finances, because again, we want to provide for our families, right? I mean, we're obviously, we're not going and hunting for our families. Uh, we might do it for sport now, you know, if some people are doing that, <laughs> My right? My family would starve if, yeah. if I was responsible <laughs> for like foraging yeah. and, and like barehanded killing animals. Yeah, yeah. No. Or like, hey, babe, go. we need vegetables, and I go foraging for vegetables. I'm likely to kill my family because I've given them the wrong thing. Don't eat, eat that mushroom. Yeah, don't eat those mushrooms. <laughs> I need you know, to have some good friends. But, but it's a, do, but it's, we also yeah. have Huxley. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We've yeah, got the, some friends that are out you know, there. Yeah. 
Um, Family Mob could be good. Yeah, not, not really. But, but, but like you said, it's on us, right? We want to provide for our families, right? Um, and so, you know, we struggle. I struggled like that, you know? And so to recalibrate myself, I have often found myself, found myself going back to Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 and 34. It's something that I go to often, I mean quite a bit, when I start to freak out a little bit, when I start to kind of like, oh man, how is God going to provide this time, you know? And, and here's what it says, right? Matthew 6, 6.33, because the reality is, you know, we need to look at God's word and we can trust the words of Jesus, you know, I believe that. And here's what, what he says, right? In Matthew 6.33, he says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And I know that maybe there's the cynic in many of us who could just be like, Okay, that's great, but that's not going to put food on my table. Like, that's not going to provide for my family. Um, but the reality is, is where else are we going to go? I, I mean, this is what God has called us to. And I would say it's a gift that God has given to us as children of God that we go to him first, right? I mean, I love, again, once again, thinking of Peter, you know, when, when Peter, right after the whole feeding of the 5,000 and so forth, right, and people were freaked out, and then Jesus gave a real hard message about following him, and, you know, and I am the bread of life, come and eat of me, and people are like tripping out on like, okay, now he's getting weird, but when all those people left, Peter was left, and, 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 and you know, people left, they freaked out, they left him, but he looks to Peter and the guys, and he's like, well, we're, you guys going to follow me too? And he's just like, well, where else are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. Right. And, and so they were in desperate need. And it's a reminder to me and a call for me to seek first the kingdom of God. Now, understand when we when Jesus says that, I mean, that was his message, especially when you look, you know, we studied the book of Matthew for almost a year and a half here, I think, in this church or more. But that was the theme that kept coming up over and over and over the kingdom of God, the king, the kingdom of heaven and earth, the kingdom of God. And, and, and there are many people, you know, who would look at that as a future thing. But going through Matthew's gospel, I am convinced that it is a, it is a very now thing. Yeah. And then how is it a now thing? It's because right now, while we are on planet Earth, as followers of Jesus, what it does is it, is it, it calls us to live not just with this like, okay, I'm going to muster this make-believe thing and just kind of like, okay, I'm in the kingdom of God. Like, no, he's saying, as you as a follower of Jesus, you are a part of the kingdom of God now. And what that means is that we are subjecting ourselves willingly, right, to who Jesus is. And we're saying that Jesus, as I live my life, I'm going to live my life as a person, as a follower who is a part of the kingdom of God. In other words, you take supreme control of my life. I am I'm allowing you to basically call the shots and lead me as I live for you, but not just as I live for you. But as I live with you, I mean, just like the book of Acts started out, you know, as he writes, you know, oh, dear Theophilus, you know, I'm giving you this account of all the things that, that Jesus did while he walked this earth, but all the things that he continues to do right now, present. For them, that was, you know, 45, 50 AD when we began to see the writings of Jesus. But also for 2020, 
you have to come to a place of, okay, am I a part of the kingdom of God or not? Am I a follower of Jesus or not? And if I am, then I'm following and I am putting myself under the rule of the authority of King Jesus, who is leading me right now, and I am a part of the kingdom of God. And so if that is true, then, then the Bible says here, when it comes to need, and you'll see the context in a second, it's not just a trite answer. It's seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? Seek God for everything you need, whether it be financial or, 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 or emotional or physical, seek him first. Now, again, it's not that we don't seek out, I think, wise counsel. It's not that we don't seek out, you know, an advice from someone who, and again, this is another way of saying that, of who is a godly person who loves the Lord and, and has wisdom. It's not that we don't go, and I think in some practical ways, like, hey, boss, do you have extra hours, and so forth. But it's that before all those things happen, we're seeking God first. It's before we even make the decision to say, hey, Greg, I really need your counsel because a, you know, four plus four is not equaling eight in my life right now. Before I even go there, I'm seeking God's rule for my life. I'm seeking God and who he is for, for my family needs and what we need as a family. Seek first the kingdom of God for ourselves. And then because we are children of God, he will direct us and lead us and provide for us. Now, this is the cool part, and I think the mystery, is how does that happen? And how does he lead us to do? That's a part that really I think, and I would say, correct me if I'm wrong, only God can answer that for you as an individual follower of Jesus. I wish I could say, hey, follow this formula, and then this will be the outcome. Right. No, it's relational. God knows what we need. And, and I think Greg said it earlier, maybe that's a word for some. For some right now, and I would say many of us, you need it. And this is going to sound weird, and maybe I'll get hate mail for this. But you need the coronavirus right now in your life, right? There are times in our life where we're go, 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 do, 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 do. And then God sometimes, okay, you're not listening. You're not coming to me. And you're not resting in me. And because I love you as my child, man, I'm going to put you on your back. I'm going to stop you from going. I'm going to stop you from doing so that finally you will come to me and you will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now understand it's for all of it. Because look at the context of what Matthew says there, right? In verse 28, right before he leads up to that, you know, he says, or at verse 26, he says, look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? 
Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For, uh, for And this is cool. Underline this. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Then everything you need will be added unto you. And so I don't say those things earlier just to make light of our situation. But friend, man, my family, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. God knows what you need. He knows. He knows that you're going with that. And He knows that for some, yeah, your company is on the brink. He knows all these things. The coronavirus might have taken many people by surprise. But it did not take God by surprise. Right? The things that happened to you in the past did not take God by surprise. Last summer when you lost your job, it didn't take God by surprise. You know, the check that you were waiting for, um, that you thought was going to solve a lot of your issues, it didn't come through. And so you found yourself wanting and in need. And I think all these times God uses, uses those things in our lives to really bring us to a place of trust. Are we trusted? It's to reveal that we would know. It's interesting in that Deuteronomy passage, chapter 8, the word know, I'm just from memory, I think was, was, was mentioned like four or five times, that you would know, that you would know, that you would know. It just was over and over, right? You would know your heart. You would know where you're at. You would know that you need God more than you need bread, right? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so it's an encouragement to you, friend. Man, you, you can trust the Lord. He calls you to trust Him. Any thoughts before I go on that? Because I think there's another springboard there for us as well on there. Or leads to another practical the, question. The, the Matthew verse. Um, <clears throat> so 11 years ago, 11 years and some change, um, I was talking to this Philippine chick in the Philippines, and we decided that we were going to get married. Um, I don't think you should do this the way we did it. I'd just like to throw that out there. <laughs> like, don't use us as an example, because I think there was some really, we're not, it wasn't always um, something you'd look at and say, wow, that was really wise. So, that being said, I, I knew that I had to go to the Philippines and, and marry this chick, and I couldn't. I can't put it into words for you now, as to how I knew. But but I, I was confident in it. I was supposed to do this. So I before I before I was a believer, which I'd only been a believer at this point for about a year. Um, <laughs> I, I had no desire to get married. Had no desire to have children. Um, I. I just was going to be this butterfly that went around and tasted all the nectar. And um, the Lord changed my heart in that. It showed me how selfish and, and, and really how borderline evil that was. Um, so I have this girl. We're going to get married. I lost my job. Mm. And I was like, wow. It's going to be hard to get married 
if you don't have money because I think it costs money to get married. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. And then, like, a week later, my pastor came in and was like, you know, you're going to the Philippines to get married and then coming back. I don't think that's wise. I, th I think you should, if you get married, you should, like, be with your wife. I was like, wow, that sucks too. <laughs> so, and, and I was still showing up to, at the office because when I say I lost our job, we just lost the funding source that we were using at our job. I work in finance. And so my boss called me in, like, a day or two later. I can't remember because it was 11 years ago. Um, but she called me in and was, she said, well, here's the deal. You going to the Philippines is stupid. So now I have two people that have both told me that it's stupid. And I know that I'm supposed to marry this chick. And I was like, wow, this is rowdy. And she said, so you should, you should do your job in the Philippines. Like, if you're going to go to the Philippines and get married, then stay there. And as long as your sales numbers are, are where they should be, you can stay there. I was like, ha ha, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, I, I did say that. I can remember thinking that. Anyway, um, but I still didn't have a job. We didn't have, like, I had no pay coming in because mm -hmm. I would, and it was like two days later that, that I got pay. I got all my back pay. The, the company that took over paid all the back pay. So now I had the money. So I, I told Victoria, okay, let's get the planning going. And so she starts planning it, and like $1,000 here, $1,000 there. Next thing you know, I was like, man, how much does a wedding really cost? <laughs> like, like, and I remember reading this and, and seeing that, that the Lord will provide regardless. I mean, he says, look at, look at the, the field, how it's, how it's given green, and, mm. and look at the birds, how they, they have food. And I was like all right, if, I, if this is going to happen, then it's, it's going to happen. So I just kept on going to him daily in prayer on my knees. Because, I, again, I knew, I knew that this is what I was supposed to do. But, man, I was being tested. Because there was a part of me that's like, man, maybe I, it, did I hear from the Lord? Mm. Like, I'm going forward, but I feel like I'm, you know, things aren't stacking up. And, and when I left for the Philippines, I had... I want to say like $200 in my checking account. Wow. Yeah. Right? And I'm going to get married, mind you. And, and I was like, all right. So I get on the plane and we, we, I get all the way there and I meet, meet her for, for the first time. They lost my luggage. Like, <laughs> I was thinking, man. I didn't get that. Could you try again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I yeah. want yeah. to yeah. really yeah. add again. You can hear yeah. that because yeah. uh, Siri just started talking. Yeah, to Greg. Siri gets jealous that of was my wife. Really amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh! Victoria okay. calls up my other wife. Oh, that was um, <laughs> so so anyway, so I meet Victoria for the first time. I haven't had a shower or anything. It's kind of a, an awkward hug, kind of like we will be when we get done with social distancing. Yeah. Um, I'm still, you know, borderline broke. I have no clothing in my suitcases, and I'm getting married in two weeks. And I'm like, man, planning is not my best thing. I can remember thinking this in my hotel room. And so just struggling as to how this is going to play out. And, how, and, and I looked at my checking account, and my checking account went from... 
$200 to $2,000. Whoa. And I was like, you know. What just happened? Yeah, what just happened? And, and it wasn't like there was some, um, you know. A, computer a, a, glitch? No, it wasn't a system. computer glitch. Um, it was, it was a, a, a gift, a wedding gift that was given early. Wow. To help with the wedding. And I was like, wow, Lord. I, I'm, I went this way. I went the way you wanted me to. Yeah. I felt uncomfortable the whole time yeah. to the point where I didn't even have my clothes, right? Because right? they lost my luggage. Yeah. But it came through, and from that point on, it wasn't happy sailing. You know, but sure. that 2000 paid for the wedding, but we still had to move to Manila, and that's a whole different story. Yeah, yeah. But I can remember that whole time dwelling on, on the verses in Matthew. Yeah. Because I didn't know where it was coming from. Yeah. I just knew what I had to do. Yeah. And so I think that if you have direction from God, then it becomes easier to rely on him. Yeah. Because you know where you're going. Yeah. Like you know what you're supposed to, the direction you're supposed to move in. You just don't know how you're going to get there. Yeah. And so that's, that yeah, one is something that's good. That, you know, and I think, and then that's the beauty of following God's word, right? Because it's not like we're just going out in blind faith. It's like as we're seeking the Lord, as we're doing life, and sometimes maybe we overthink it a little bit, but we have God's promise, right? As we're seeking first the kingdom of God, I mean, a lot of things are going to happen in that process too, right? As we're seeking God for the things that maybe in the moment we think we need, God's going to change those around. He's going to turn those around. He's going to flip it. And sometimes those things that... I mean, the way he provides sometimes is that the thing you thought you need actually just goes away. And so now God has provided in that, no, you thought you needed it, but you didn't need it after all. And so that's gone. And all of a sudden it becomes a provision. But, but, but apart from that too, that, that we can just trust. And I think we've got testimony between us three, I'm sure we can go on for hours and hours of just, just testimonies of God's past faithfulness which, and I've heard it in many different forms and quotes, right? We can look at God's past faithfulness so that we can depend upon his, like, our present need and our future need. Because God has proven himself over, over, not just in his word, but then, you know, again, because he's so relational with us, we can look at how God's provided for us in the past. And so, in some ways, you know, how is this any different, right? God is still going to provide for us, right? And so now as we think about that, as we, you know, as you maybe jot down Matthew 6, 28 through 34, and you meditate on that, and you think about that, and we rely, okay, so then here becomes another layer of God's provision, um, which is kind of my next question as we go through this as well. Can we, during this time of need and circumstance, can we still give? Can we still give to others? Can we still give to our churches and to our neighbors in need? That then becomes a test in this whole thing of, because here's the reality, you know, there are still hundreds and thousands of churches across our country who, who and I know personally, many, many pastors who are still working, who are still serving the Lord, many staff members who are still serving the Lord, many, many volunteers who are still doing the same things to continue to minister to the body it's a little bit different. It's all moved to online, but there's still great needs, right? And so we're thinking, like, well, you know, you know, church is canceled, so I'm not going to church anymore. Yeah, but churches are still functioning. And they're just one example of other things that are still happening. So then 
in regard of that, can we still give to God through our churches? That then becomes a test. You know, and I, and I will say, and again, just this kind of leads me to this real quick before I get more into the word, but um, you can look to Philippians chapter 4, and this is a Greek verse. I think in some ways has been uh, uh, misquoted or misapplied, and, and hopefully tonight I'll give you a little more context of how I think it should be applied. Um, you know, here for us personally, here at Calvary San Juan, I would just say, this is just to me a, a really good opportunity to say, once again, thank you. Thank you to those in our church body and, and, and really people who are even outside of our church body who right now, presently, who are just continuing to give to God through our fellowship because those needs are all still there. You know, we still have needs. We still have to pay bills and there's salaries and there's doors that, again, we want to remain open. So when, when this thing is done, we can still gather as the church together under this roof to worship the Lord. And so thank you. And those, thing, those things are still needed, but not just us. You know, I look at it like the food banks that are still in need and, and our neighbors who are without that we're supporting. And I think you guys have shared testimony too. I think Greg too, you know, of missionaries that we support overseas that are not even a part of our fellowship just because, you know, of your own personal family connections. We all know people that we love and care about who are doing the mission of God. And so can we still give? Well, I think Philippians chapter four uh, gives us a precedent for that. You know, for people who are in need. And I'll read this real quickly to, to set it up. And, and, and then I'll quote basically a verse that many of us, I think, quote and are very familiar with. Um, but it comes um, in Philippians chapter 4, basically Paul writing to the Philippians and really thanking them for their generosity. Um, but the verse picks up in verse 15. And here's what he says, um, talking to the Philippians. He says, now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia... No church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica or Thessalonica, however you want to pronounce it, there's two camps to that, um, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Ephroditus. The thing sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. So right here, we kind of have a precedent also that's something that our church has been practicing now for the last at least four or five years when I first kind of the Lord opened my eyes to this through a, through a dear friend of mine. But just as a church, FYI, we, we tithe, we give as a church, right? Um, you, know, you know, we're receiving tithes and offerings. Um, and yeah, we're paying salaries and we're paying for our living expenses, but also something we've committed to do over the years is to tithe as a church. In other words, we give back. We're supplying uh, 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 resources and needs to people in need, like people in our community or missionaries, mission trips. And there's some missionaries that we support overseas even right now. Um, and here you have Paul, you have the example of the Philippian church basically tithing or giving gifts to Paul the Apostle to continue his missionary journeys. But then look at the verse here. And I think often we've applied it to our own selves. It's like, my God shall supply all my needs according to the glory. But really, that's not what he's saying here. He's, remember, the context is he's thanking the Philippians for providing for him. He's saying, thank you for continuing to give to the work of God through me as I continue to minister to the people and look what he says. Indeed, I have all and abound in all, right? And he says, not that, and then he says, look, your gift is a sweet-smelling aroma to God. Well, pleasing to God. 
And look what he says to them. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. His, 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 that verse that we often quote really was a verse that was in response to the Philippians' generosity. It was that the Philippian church, who was more than likely not a wealthy church, I think we can do some more history on that and look in, in the book of Acts and so forth, and it gives a little insight. And we'll see that often, you know, in, in people who were in great need, who were, who were desperate, they were still giving to the Lord, even when their circumstances were tough. And Paul is thanking them. And what Paul says, it's like, let's get it out of the physical for a second. Because I think a lot of times, I think maybe in our Western culture, American culture, we're so used to giving to somebody, to something, to some organization, and we want a return for it. We, we, want, we want to see, like, okay, give me something. I gave, and so I want to return. That's why we have these. And, and again, people can do that if they want. I'm not knocking them. But, you know, we have these, these groups or people or individuals like, okay, I'm going to give to this hospital, but I want to make sure that I get recognized for my gift. Therefore, therefore, from this day forward, once you've received my gift, it's now going to say uh, the Joe L. Gomez wing. You know, and, and that's going to be my wing. I, I donated and you were able to add on to your hospital because I gave. And, and it's almost like Paul's saying here, let's get it out of the physical. When we give as unto the Lord, whether it be to our neighbor or to our favorite organization or to our favorite missionary or even to our churches, right? In God's economy, it's a sacrifice. It, it's a gift that we give to the Lord for his continuing work. And then his promise to those who give is that my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. When I think about that, here, when we give, we're not just giving to those in need, but the reality is in the spiritual realm, we're giving to Jesus. We're giving to the Lord. And you think like, well, that's just a really fancy way of, of saying, give to this and this organization and you're giving to the Lord. No, it's not just this thing that I'm grabbing out of air or something that I can use to cover up whatever that organization might need. Here's our way to, to sell our, our need to you so that you can give. No, it actually comes from Jesus himself in Matthew 25, which is, you know, when I look at that verse over and over and over again, you know, I, I, I was blown away and I think I've talked about it often and me and Brian have talked about it, especially because... Matthew 24 and 25 has just been such a, a big uh, a benchmark for eschatology and end-time events and so forth, right? <laughs> but Jesus gives, really, he really focuses on judgment in those chapters and on ourselves as humanity, really, and what we do with, the, with I would say, and I would, I would interpret it this way, with our time, talent, and treasures that we have here as followers of Jesus, and here's, what, here's the kicker. Here's, and here's where I'm going to kind of come to a close here. Um, he says, in talking about us giving, right, he says, Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, this is, this is the big one right here. You can underline this in your Bible. Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. You know, I think there's two there. One, we're giving because we're recognizing that there are people in need. 
right? And two, we're giving because it's just part of our Christian duty as followers of Jesus to give unto the Lord. But over and over as we do that, he also then declares that when you've given unto the least of these, right, you've done it unto me. And I I think that's huge. And I think when you look at all of this, I think it all goes together. When you think about, okay, so God sometimes, you know, kind of to recap, right, he he puts us in these positions, whether it's circumstance, whether it's COVID or whether it's you lost your job or whether it's, you know, I'm getting married and now I've lost my job, like Greg said earlier, for several things. One, um, it reveals the reality of our hearts, the intents of our heart. Are we truly surrendered to the Lord? And so it reveals that. It opens up that whole can of worms. But then too, it's also then puts into play and in motion, okay, I'm seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Can I depend upon the promises of God? But then it also includes, but even on top of all those things, I'm still called to give. I'm still called to be generous. I'm still called, even in my circumstance, to give as unto the Lord. Because when we do, we're giving to the Lord. And doesn't it all kind of all come together in that it's also an outward demonstration that our lives truly belong to him and that we are a part of the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Man, that's a heavy deal. I mean, what, what a test is it put to us? And so all of us right now are thinking about finances and provision. But we should also think, how do we respond as followers of Jesus in the middle of all this when we are in need? Because I guarantee you, and I'm not a prophet here, I just think it's just a fact of life that if it's not this, it's going to be something else. It's going to be some other thing that happens, some other tragedy, the loss of a loved one or the loss of a spouse, you know, you know God forbid, you know, the main provider of your household um, or, you know, your, your kid gets cancer or, you know, just the, the family car that you rely on just breaks down and there's no way to repair it. You know, there's always going to be something, you know. So anyways, that was, that was my word, and maybe it was a word for you tonight. Maybe tonight it was just a word for you, and, and, and maybe hopefully an encouragement, uh, um, also maybe a little bit of conviction, right? I think in these 10, and I think we've seen it. It's been pretty evident in our culture that, you know, many of us in these times, we, instead of looking up and out, we start hoarding. We start looking in and hoarding. I mean... I mean, that was the whole weird thing, right, that happened in the beginning of all this thing. The toilet paper. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm, I need toilet paper. I mean, we just start hoarding because we're wanting to control. And we start bringing it all in, mm-hmm. right? And where we're called to respond opposite as followers of Jesus. Where we, where we, we pray for provision, pray for provision. <clears throat> then the Lord gives us provision and we hoard it. Mm. We just we cover it up. And yeah. I'm, I can't give any, more, any of this away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, too, that you see time and time again that not only does God, there, there are times where God will intervene supernaturally mm-hmm. to provide for his people. That's all over the scripture. Right. But you also see that God has chosen to partner with humanity. Yeah. And so God is using us to bless each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, had a, I had a friend mention to me, he, he sort of had this revelation that you know, as, as he's praying to God, asking God, who, who do you want me to bless? Mm. Who can I help? That there is probably someone somewhere praying, God, I need you to help me. Mm. I need you to provide for me. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know what the next steps are. Yeah. 
And, and how sweet is it to, to realize that you can be used by God mm. in that way, to be that instrument of that prayer request. Mm. Um, but hoarding the supplies is not the generous spirit yeah. that God wants us to have. Yeah. It, the, the Italian uh, prophet Maliachi in, yes. that's amazing in Maliachi, I told you we're not Bible yeah. scholars 3.8 three, three, <laughs> God says will a man dare to steal from me but mm. you rob me mm. you ask how do you rob how do we rob you by holding back your offerings you also steal from me when you do not bring me a tenth of everything you produce so you're under my curse. In fact, your whole nation is under it. That's because you're robbing me. Mm-hmm. Bring the entire tenth to the storerooms in my temple. Then there will be plenty of food. Yeah. Put me to the test, says the Lord. Then you will see that I will throw open the windows of heaven. Yeah. It's, it's like a, t- yeah. a place that God says, test me. Like, test me in this one. Give give. And I'll return it. It's like, mm. I, I love that, the, mm. that Christian insurance company. Mm. The, the one where each month you, you pay, yeah. but you don't pay the company. They give, oh, you, oh, yeah. they give you the name of someone who has medical bills, and you send your premium mm. to that person to use for their medical bills. That's cool. Yeah. It's not the mayhem guy. It's not the mayhem. No, it's not no. the mayhem guy. Not that, that guy's guy. cool too. Yeah. I like that this guy. better. I do. <clears throat> but but I, I think that that's sweet because when they send it out, they give you the name of the person um, and, and it allows you not only to, to give, but also to pray for the yeah. person. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I think of... Uh, you know, I think also to bring it back to Christ, like, why, how, how does all this work? Well, I think we see that because God is the great provider. Yeah. And when I think back to Genesis, here's such a picture of what was to come. Remember when Abraham was, was, was called to go sacrifice his son Isaac mm-hmm. up on the mount? And, and so God called him to confirm the promise that was to happen, right? And so he's taking his son Isaac, and he's got the wood, you know, he's got the fire, and as they're going up the mount, you know, there's a picture of, of, of Jesus there with Isaac carrying the wood up the mountain. But at some point, Isaac turns to his dad, in my paraphrase, like, okay, we've got everything we need, but where's the sacrifice? Like, where's that coming from? And, and Abraham, knowing that God already spoken to him, I want you to sacrifice your son, your only son to me, right? Because Abraham, Isaac had become an idol in the heart of Abraham. He responds to him prophetically, and says to him, Our, my God shall provide. It's, it's where we get that, that phrase, Jehovah Jireh, my God will provide. And see, we know that we can trust God that he will provide for us because even that little scenario there, that promise was eventually fulfilled and that God provided his own son Jesus to go up the mount at Calvary and to give himself for the sins of humanity. God is a great provider. And all this is true and be, can be relied upon and given to us because God demonstrated his faithfulness to us in that yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. And God fulfilled that promise in a greater way by sending his son Jesus to die for you and me to pay for all of our sins that we might be washed clean. 
And so where does it start? You might be sitting there this evening and thinking, okay, that's great, but I'm not really a follower of Jesus. Or maybe you're sitting there as a believer and you're thinking, man, I've gotten way off track. Then here's where it all starts. It starts with you going back to Jesus. It starts with you going to the cross and getting on your knees and saying, God, dear God, forgive me. I am a sinner. I have sinned. And become tonight, right now, a child of God. Become a son of the king so that you might become then a part of the kingdom of heaven and earth and you put yourself in a place where God, not only will he provide for your needs as he promises, but, but God will provide himself for you, right? As, as, as he provides emotional, physical, spiritual stability as God who is the great provider to give you what you need, ultimately beginning with the spirit of God in you that makes himself a seal, that seals you, that, 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 that just seals the deal, that you are a son of God. And so I'm going to pray, and, and, and Brian's going to just, gonna, he's going to close us with a worship song, but in this time right now, I just want to invite you. If, I know it's kind of weird, and we were talking all over the place, but, but you know what, I just want to make it clear that if you're out there and you don't know Jesus, or maybe you're a follower of Jesus, and you've just kind of fallen off the wagon, per se, you've you know, I hate using Christianese, but you've backslided, right? Or whatever the case may be. You're just right now not following Jesus. Man, would you make that decision right now where you're at to follow Jesus? Look, he loves you. He loves you so much. He died for you. And he wants to be in relationship with you. He died for you. He provided himself for you. He made him who knew no sin that, 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 that we might become the righteousness or inherit the righteousness of God. And he loves you. And so would you tonight give your heart to Jesus? And I'm just going to pray for you and then Brian's going to lead us in this worship song. And, and in this time, man, just right there, wherever you're at, in the living room, in your closet, sitting in the car, you're on the phone, just watching, man, bow yourself before the Lord. And, and it can be like this, God, I, I, just, I just thank you for this night, Lord, and I thank you that Lord, it's not about doing. It's not about trying harder. It's not all of a sudden, okay, I've got this Matthew 6.33 verse, and now I'm going to memorize it, and I'm just going to okay, put these things into practice. No, it starts with first, just like the verse says, seek first the kingdom of God, Lord, and you are. I mean, that's what John the Baptist said. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And he was talking about Jesus. And so, Lord, would you bring them right now into relationship with you? Lord, for that person who's been running from God, that person who, who, who tasted at one time and saw that the Lord was good, but now for whatever reason, or they just left the faith, would you bring them back right now, God? Or would you bring them back into relationship with you, Lord? And I just thank you, Father, in Jesus' name.
Just message us, you know, especially too, if there's maybe a certain topic that you want us to type. Maybe you didn't, uh, you know, submit your questions tonight on Facebook. That's okay. 
But if there's maybe a certain topic that you want us to cover or whatnot, hey, feel free just to email us. You can go to calvarysanjuan.com and you can uh, email me there as well. Or you can reach out to me on Calvary San Juan, all caps live, or on Instagram, and let us know. I mean, again, you know, we're doing this as week uh, week comes up. You know, it's like week to week. We're just seeking the Lord. And so, again, if there's a topic that you want us to address, man, we'd love to do that. Um, if not, either way, we will see you Sunday at 10 a.m. at CalvarySanJuan.com, and also on uh, Calvary San Juan, uh, all caps live on Facebook. Um, and again, just a quick reminder in case you missed it in the beginning. Um, here at Calvary San Juan, our women's uh, Bible study group is picking up again, and that will be Monday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Zoom. So just message us at Calvary San Juan Live, private message us, and we'll need your name, email, and or your cell phone number so that we can put you on there. Again, remember, this is a women's Bible starting uh, up again on uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 for this coming Monday. Or you can message my wife at Ana.r.gomez on Instagram. So God bless you guys. We're so glad you tuned in. And we'll see you on Sunday morning at 10 a.m.